Hi everyone. So glad here again. So we are reading an article from Catherine J. Wu, and it's about something unusual, <laughs> something that is not quite often discussed. It's about anus, your little butt. And I have to admit that uh, this piece is different. It's not my usual read, as well. But uh, when I came across this piece, it is stuck with me. It has got some unique elements uh, that really hooked me into it. Because you know, not everyone is excited to write about anus, but Catherine is. <laughs> And there are lots of elements that I personally liked uh, in this article. and if i have to break it down into four things that i personally like very much about this article then uh, then the first would be the wordplay uh i especially loved you know the kind of wordplay that uh, she had used while describing different <laughs> uh literature elements while we discussed about the anus about the butts and all and it's quite fascinating she made it uh all the points that she raised were science based and uh, fact driven and yet uh, she made this article so engaging so fun and uh, what can i call it so refreshing and original and light so that's the reason that's the first reason that i loved this piece and uh the second uh reason that i love this piece is because of the topic itself you know the subject uh not everyone is fascinated about uh, writing <laughs> about anus and all but uh this piece is different in that sense uh, different talking about the you know unusual organ that is tabooed so much in our culture and um we tend to cover a lot about different kinds of things you know i'm personally a big fan of evolution and i i read a lot about dinosaur and uh stuff that is related with human evolution as well but uh <laughs> discussing about the evolution of uh you know this butts and anus and how it come to be and uh, how was the process and linking it with uh, some of the um, you know ongoing genetic research and uh, everything that's uh, something different i haven't encountered that sort of uh, stories lately so the topic itself was quite refreshing and that also uh, stand out for me and uh, she had divided this piece into different sections and that also quite stand out for me so the third element that stand out in this article is the division you know the flow she had mentioned this flow and uh, that's quite exciting as well and finally the researches and the sources that she had included i know that uh, there isn't any kind of new exciting findings in this uh story she hadn't discussed about some of the you know uh exciting finding but yet 
she had made uh, the piece so beautiful uh, to check out and uh, yeah it's really interesting so we are reading uh, this piece from Catherine J Wu uh, do check out her other articles she is an incredible science writer and uh, the topic uh, that she come up with for this story is the body's most embarrassing organ is an evolutionary marvel the title itself is so unique as well so i'm trying to break down the unique elements of good science writing and uh, these are the things that i could think of and i know if you dig in little more in this article that it's so unique it's so beautiful and i'm sure that you'll enjoy this piece so uh we'll go through this piece uh, in the next section okay sit tight the body's most embarrassing organ is an evolutionary marvel catherine j wu the atlantic to peer into the soul of a sea cucumber don't look to its face it doesn't have one gently turn that blobby body around and gaze deep into its marvelous multifunctional anus <laughs> the sea cucumber's posterior it's so much more than an exit hole for digestive waste it is also a makeshift mouth that gobbles off bits of algae a fox lungs latticed with tubes that exchange gas with the surrounding water and a weapon that in presence of danger can launch a sticky stringy wave of internal organs to entangle predators it can even on occasion be a home for shimmering pearlfish which wriggle inside the bomb when it blows open to breathe It would not be inaccurate to describe a sea cucumber as an extraordinary anus that just so happens to have a body around it. As Rebecca Helm, a jellyfish biologist at the University of North Carolina at Asheville, told me, it is just a really great butt. <laughs> But the sea cucumber's anus doesn't receive the recognition it deserves. The moment you say anus, you can hear a pin drop in the room ham said bodily taboos have torn anuses across the tree of life into cultural underdogs and scientific ones too not many researchers pokely count themselves among the world's anus enthusiasts which according to the proud few creates a bit of a blind spot one that keeps us from understanding a fundamental aspect of our own biology the appearance of the anus was momentous in animal evolution turning a one-hole digestive sac into an open-ended tunnel creatures with an anus could physically segregate the acts of eating and defecating reducing the risk of swallowing a snack with a scat they no longer had to finish processing one meal before ingesting another allowing their tube-like body to harvest more energy and balloon in size nowadays anuses take many forms 
several animals, such as the sea cucumber, have morphed their outhole into a Swiss army knife of versatility. Others thought that gastrointestinal backdoors were so nice, they sprouted them at least twice. There's been a lot of evolutionary freedom to play around with that part of the body plan. Armita Manaf Jade, a vertebrate morphology expert at Brown University, told me. But anuses are also shrouded in scientific intrigue and a fair bit of squabbling. Researchers still hotly debate how and when exactly the anus first arose and the number of times the orifice was acquired or lost across different species. To tap into our origins, we'll need to take a squarer look at our ins. Okay, in the beginning, there was nothing. The back ends of our animal ancestors that swam the seas hundreds of millions of years ago were blank, relegating the entry and exit of all foodstuffs to a single multipurpose hole. Evolutionary echoes of these life forms still exist in corals, sea anemone, jellyfish, and a lesion of marine worms whose digestive tract takes the form of a loose sac. These animals are serially monogamous with their meals, taking food in one glove at a time, then expelling the scraps through the same hole. These creatures, gods, operate much like parking lots, subject to strict back-and-see quotas that restri restrict the flow of traffic. The emergence of Black Door transformed those parking lots into highways, the linear through guts that dominate body plans today. Suddenly, animals had the luxury of downing multiple meals without needing to fush with disposal in between. Digestive tracts lengthened and regionalized partitioning into the chambers that would extract different nutrients and host their own communities of microbes. This compartmentalization made it easier for animals to get more out of their meals. Andreas Hesnol, a developmental biologist at the University of Bergen in Norway, told me, with the lengthening and uncorking of the end of the gut, he said, Many creatures grew into longer and larger body forms and started to move in new ways. It would take several more eons for a true buttocks, the fleshy, fatty, accoutrements that flank the anuses of some animals such as humans to evolve. Some researchers I talked with are comfortable using butt to mean any anal or anus, adjacent structures. Others are purists and consider the term strict shorthand for buttocks and buttocks alone. The benefits of bottoming out the gut are clear. How the back door was excavated isn't. Soft, squishy, bone-free holes aren't exactly fixtures of the fossil record, making just about any anus heritage theory tough to prove. One of the oldest hypotheses holds that the anus and mouth originated from the same solo opening, which elongated, then caved in at the center and split itself in two. 
the newly formed anus then moshed to the animal's posterior Klaus Nielsen a developmental biologist at the Natural History Museum of Denmark is a fan of this theory it's both reasonably parsimonious and evolutionarily equitable in this scenario neither the mouth nor the anus technically arose first they emerged as perfect developmental twins well hesnol and others favor a different idea in which the mouth formally preceded the anus which spontaneously burst for the other end of the body it's a secondary breakthrough hesnol said the god forms then makes a connection to the outer world punching an extra hole in the body is not so difficult some worms have managed to fit dozens of times over one unusually aerated specimen a type of polyclad flatworm sports multiple anuses that sparkle its backside like feces spewing freckles two others a pair of sponge parasite called silis ramosa and ramicillis multicaudata will twine their body through host tissues like a tapestry of tree roots with each tip terminating in its own proprietary butthole they have hundreds perhaps thousands in total it's not totally clear why these animals and others spawned an embarrassment of anuses but in at least some cases hesnol thinks it's a logical outcome of a branched digestive system which can more easily transport nutrients to a body's every nook and cranny hesnol and his colleagues are still mashing support for the hypothesis but he said there's already some argument against the whole splitting idea animals don't generally express the same genes around their mouth and anus knock against the notion that the two openings are cut from the same developmental cloth a better back story for the orifice he said might involve a body plan stolen from the reproductive tract which already naturally terminates at the animalian posterior if that theory pans out though it won't necessarily close the case on the anus says evolutionary start a cursory glance at the animal tree of life might at first suggest that anal openings appeared about 500 and 50 million years ago around the time our own blob-like ancestors straightened out into tubes but hesnol and many others think that the anus was so useful that animals independently evolved it at least half a dozen times perhaps many more and not necessarily in the same way this timeline has other snacks some creatures have since lost the anal opening and some might have made their even further back in the history one of the largest potential wrinkles in the smooth anus narrative takes the shape of a comb jelly a gelatinous animal that vaguely resembles a translucent darth vader helmet and is thought to be at least 700 million years old as far back as the 1800s scientists have been puzzling over comb jellies back end and whether they were excreting formal feces from a set of strange looking pores 
more than a century passed before their acts of defecation were finally caught on camera by the biologist William Browning of the University of Miami and his colleagues who filmed one of the amorphous creatures taking a big fishy dump in the lab. <laughs> when the clip debuted at the 2016 conference, everyone in the hall audibly gasped. Helm, who attended the lecture, told me, if comb jellies were pooping, that poop had to be coming out of some sort of rear hole. Perhaps, some said, the history of the anus ran far deeper in time than many had thought. In the months after Brownie's team published its finding, scientists parred repeatedly over their significance. Some hailed the discovery as revolutionary, but others, Hesnol among them, argued that the now-famous video didn't significantly toll that was a dogmatic change and may not be hard to reconcile with what's long been known. Comjellies probably cooked off their anuses independently of other animals and happened on a similar blueprint by a chance. There's no telling when exactly that might have occurred. Such a scenario would leave the chronology of our own anus, which emerged out of a different line of creatures at a separate point in time intact. The various possibilities aren't easy to prove or disprove, just as new appearances can rupture into being, useless ones can disappear as seems to have been the case with brittle stars and mites which stitched their ancestral anuses shut. Some ambivalent creatures might even gauze out transient anuses, holes that come and go on an as-needed basis. Many of the animals that have managed to keep some version of the anus embellished on it and now harbor an organ of immense extravagance. Turtles, like sea, sea cucumbers, breathe through their butt. Young dragonflies suck water into theirs, then spew it out to propel themselves forward. Scorpions jettison their posterior when attacked from behind evading capture but tragically losing their ability to poop and eventually dying with their abundant abdomen full of excrement. Less wing larvae incapacitate termite prey with the toxic flatulence they emit from their end. They literally KO their enemies with death farts. Ains Lisego, an entomologist at the Carnegie Museum of Natural History, told me. Some of the most intriguing backings are all-purpose anus analogs called cloquet, which merge the terminal part of the digestive urinary and reproductive tracts into a single opening, essentially an evacuation foyer for outbound feces, urine, eggs, and sperms. Cloquet are fixtures among birds, reptiles, and amphibians, and although they tend to get a bad rap, their internal architecture is actually quite sophisticated. Patricia Brennan, a cloaca expert at Mount Holyoke College in Massachusetts, told me. They can also be quite convenient when female birds meet with unsatisfactory male. They can simply eject the subpar sperm and begin the process anew. Cloaca have been 
around for so long, Hesnall added, that they could even represent the evolutionary bridge between the reproductive and digestive tracts that helped lead to some of the first anoses. Still, cloquet come with risks. You have all digestive waste pretty much in a direct contact with genitalia. Basically, a gnarly infection just waiting to happen, Brennan said. Any live young who pass through the reproductive tract could also be imperiled by the proximity to poop-born pathogens. Perhaps that's why human anuses ventured off on their own. Whatever the reason behind it, partitioning that did away with the cloquet made human anuses. As Manaf Jadai said, completely boring. As far as exit holes go, ours standard issue, capable of little more than extrude extruding west from the gut with no frills to speak of. The only redeeming quality of humans humdrum posterior hole is the feature we evolved to cushion it, our infamous buttocks, the most voluminous one documented to death, thanks to our bizarre tendency to strut around on our two primate legs. Our bipedalism is obligate, it's a special, it's the only way we get around. Darcy Sapiro, an anthropologist, told me that pattern of locomotion recept the pelvis, which in turn reoriented our muscles. The gluteus maximus, the hefty muscle that powers our ability to run and climb, swelled in lockstep, blanketed itself in a cozy layer of fat that some scientists think serves as an energy result. Anuses aside, our buttocks are the real innovation here. Manafzadeh said, Evolution blew the human butt out of proportion. Our cultural norms quickly followed suit. We regard one another's bums with lust, disgust and guilty fascination. We shrink them, we sculpt them, we sexualize them, we rap about them with abandon. They, in return, make it much easier to sprint, but much harder to keep our rear ends clean. Our anus is a ship dressed in a very fabulous wolf's clothing and we simply cannot deal. Maybe that's part of why humans are so often embarrassed of their posteriors and by extension so many others. We even opt out for butt as a euphemism for anus in casual conversation. Buttocks aren't anuses but they do clog them physically and perhaps figuratively. They obscure the idea that from its very start our digestive end has been a wonder. It cracked open our ancestors' evolutionary path and made our own existence possible. Maybe it's time we made like a pulpish and got comfortable with what's between those chicks. <laughs> So thanks for stopping by guys and uh, yeah, today we read an interesting article from Catherine J. Wu, uh, she's a staff writer, uh, staff science writer at The Atlantic and uh, do check out uh, her works from The Atlantic and uh, I think uh, she had also covered so many topics, a range of topics for the New York Times and uh, I think uh, Smithsonian as well. So. Um, do sh- sh- be sure to check out her other pieces as well they're brilliant 
and uh, until next time see you goodbye